Hi everyone and welcome to the Voice Magazine Interview Series. I'm Saskia, the Assistant Editor and the host of Interviews, where I interview creatives from all different backgrounds and all different creative disciplines on what they've been up to, what new things they are working on and how lockdown's been treating them. We have great lineups and great guests at every interviews so do stay tuned and i'll see you on instagram today i'm going to be talking to a member of the ubunufu space collective ian who is going to talk to us about their um what they do their new eight-part documentary ubu on tour which i believe is on youtube and also how they successfully expanded their brand from doing Gogglebox-style YouTube videos, reacting to other music videos, into having their own um, production company. Hey, 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 what's good? How you doing? Hi, I'm good, Ian. How are you? Not too bad, just coping, lockdown and that. Just oh. doing our best to like stay, stay motivated, stay you know, just happy and that. But yeah, I'm not too bad. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm not too I'm not too bad. You know, trying to stay sane as well in lockdown mm. it gets a bit <laughs> crazy. Honestly. Being being between these four walls, it becomes too much at times, you know? Yeah, definitely. But thank you for joining us sir. Thanks for taking the time to, you know, like talk to us about what it is that you've been up to. Oh no, that's that's all good. Like to be honest, like it's a pleasure to be on to be on this channel, obviously talk about music which I love. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. So um, why don't you um, just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your creative background? Um, so me, um, my name's Ian. I'm part of like the Open Ifu Space, who are essentially a five-part collective with individuals who, who have a vested interest in the African continent. So what we do is react to videos from the African continent and the diaspora. So these are music videos. Um, and this, for us, is how we sort of showcase talent coming out of these regions. So we've been reactions for about four years now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been quite a long time. And I recently we just part of a documentary where we went to South Africa and Kenya to obviously showcase these these areas um, to give people more of an idea of what these what these places are all about, essentially. So yeah, and creatively, um, I'm a writer, quote unquote writer, because <laughs> part of me thinks I don't take it too seriously like I should do. But um, yeah, writer. So like I do music journalism. Right for Trench Magazine, who are like a music-based magazine based in the UK, mm-hmm. um, and also right for Ubinifu Space, as well as like um, Perch on the side too. So it's like a bit of mix and match and a bit of photography. So yeah, a bit <laughs> of a creative mesh. Yeah, I can't lie, a bit of a creative mesh. That's always the best way to be. There's no point just having, you know, one thing. When you're creative, you love to explore and do all kinds of different things. So that really must help stimulate your creativity. Oh yeah, def- definitely <laughs> not, especially that we're indoors all the time. I think I think for a lot of people, even me, including myself like we find it hard sometimes finding inspiration especially because we're indoors like because usually for me sometimes maybe taking a walk in the park would help sort of get ideas into my head or like reading a book so lockdown in a sense has allowed life to slow down but at the same time not being able to see your friends not being able to go to the clubs like those are the sort of things yeah that kind of like that has got me this year not being able to go to these kind of places yeah so you guys are all friends though and um, that's how yeah. you all came together how did you start doing your um Gogglebox style Ooh, YouTube videos 
<laughs> Where do I begin? Honestly, um, so like I've known Brian since I was since I was a baby. So like his mum and my mum were pregnant at the same time. So they met in like babies sort of babies room sort of thing, which like was a sick. class. Yeah, like a baby. So that's a yeah for like mothers. Um, that was in Mitcham. So they met there. Whereas with David, I've known him since I was like eleven years old. And then Monique, I sort of I've known her since I was like thirteen because we went to like sister secondary schools. So like oh. we're pretty much in the same era. So that's how I know her. Whereas with Shay, it's a lot younger. I mean, sorry, a lot older. What am I talking about? Shay, I met her like when I was like eighteen. 18, 19 years old, so definitely a lot later with Shay. Um, but yeah, like with us, because generally we've known each other for quite a long time, the whole aspect of like doing stuff as friends is very organic because we know each other like, we know our personalities, how we get on, how we interact. So it's like all very organic. Mm-hmm. So it was something I feel was bound to happen in some way, shape, or form. And in terms of the channel, for me, maybe the girls would be quite different, but for me, um, I always go back to when we, when we went to Kenya in 2016 with um, me and David. So we went to like this, um, in Nairobi went to Kenya went to this um, club called Bar Bistro in Westlands which is like um, it's like basically a whole club kind of scene so we're there like you know vibes and having fun and then like we're hearing sort of typical music like Drake Kendrick Mm -hmm. what you typically would expect to hear and then we heard this one song called um, basically it's called Unbloggable and it's basically, it's a track from like Kenya, Unvogable, yeah, Unvogable. We heard that and, we're just, and I looked at David and Brown, I was thinking, what is this? Like, I've not heard of this before, yeah? And the whole club are literally like screaming it, like the lyrics, word for word, the lyrics, word for word. And we're thinking, hang on, why are we hearing these sounds here, but it's not making their way beyond? Why is it within this particular pocket sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And then that really kind of bugged me at that time. So we came back and then I was, at that time I was in final year of uni. So I came back to uni, I was still like, I was still very much within my book. So I had the whole inspiration, but I didn't have sort of the, the time to sort of actionize it. Yeah. Whereas with Brian, because he had graduated, he had more of the time, I guess. So me knowing Brian and his like, um, um, so me knowing Brian and his sort of entrepreneurial mind, I know he was in bed like tossing and turning, thinking, how can I like, how can we sort of showcase these sounds? So come like December, this, so December, this is about like two or three months. Brian must have rang me and must have said, oh, I've got this idea. I've got this idea basically that what we should do is we should sort of showcase these sounds through um, reaction videos. Because knowing the internet at the moment, we're sort of very, we're very visual with things. So we like to consume things visually because, I mean, I guess to an extent, we're kind of quite lazy. Like we don't really want to, we want to be spoon fed information sort of thing. So, yeah, Brian gave me that. So, he, so he pitched to me the idea, the same thing with the other sort of Shay, David, Monique. And so pitched them the idea of doing reaction videos to showcase sounds that are, are not getting the exposure they deserve, essentially. Mm-hmm. So he pitched us the idea. Then in January 2017, we started with um, tracks from Kenya, so goody goody. Um, tracks from um, Tanzania so um, Diamond Platinums um, and he, I mean, to me at the time as well it was very new to me it was very new to all of us because being from the UK we only really exposed to certain sounds so yeah. for example the quote unquote idea of Afrobeats is usually the I guess people would think Afrobeats represents the whole of Africa, whereas there are so many different sounds coming from so many different countries, even yeah. tribes within those countries. Af- Africa is a very diverse place. So, yeah, then we started putting out videos. And then, yeah, eventually it, it grew from there. Like, it just got, yeah. It's it's hard to put into words, really, how much it's grown and how much people have taken an interest. So, yeah, that's essentially how it started. And, yeah, we've been going ever since then. 
I feel like I can picture it. Like I can just kind of imagine it all unfolding. But definitely the idea behind it, I mean, it's the same with the West. We all kind of hear the same stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter where you travel in the world, you're going to hear Rihanna playing in a club. You're going to hear Mm. people like Drake. And you know that those countries have so much more to offer, but it's always stuff from the West that get to the furthest corners of the world. Yeah. The stuff that's actually, I mean, not that they're not worth listening to, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, people like us living in the, in the UK, I don't think it's so much our fault. I think it's it's more so what's marketed to us, essentially, because when you're... I mean, you wouldn't know where to look. Like, for example, before I started the channel, if you, let's say, would tell me to go to look for music in South Africa, I wouldn't know where to look because mm-hmm. it's not within your realm of thinking to think there is a certain scene that's doing bits in this country just because of what's, what you've been exposed to. I guess it's your it's your conditioning of music education in a sense where because you are drip fed a, a certain style or idea of what Africa is all about you're not actually going to play into that unless you go out of your way to to really look and see but then again it's like where do you start so with reaction videos because it involves it's interactive so because it involves other people contacting you or commenting they're the ones with the knowledge so they can sort of direct you to what's sick in this country sort of yeah. thing and that's how it's really worked with us because we've all like growing up in the UK we, we always knew what to look for in let's say Ghana or Nigeria because of wars around Ghanaian, Ghanaians and Nigerians yeah. like the scene there is very big it's, it's it's amazing in those two countries so I guess it's just with our channel it's, I guess it's about educating in in an interactive way um, and yeah that's that's one of the main missions of this channel. So how did you go from you know you guys doing these YouTube videos to form in your collective? Like, how was that thought process? To be fair, it was Brian that's, that sort of approached everybody. But I guess because what Brian was able to identify was that each and every one of us had a vested interest in Africa and the diaspora. Like, we were all very much into Afrobeats, dancehall, reggae, all of that. We were very much into mm-hmm. all of that. So, And also the fact that we're all from different countries within the African continent. So I'm from Uganda, um, Brian's from Kenya, Monique is from Cameroon and Zimbabwe, Shade's from Nigeria, um, and Dave's from Ghana. So we're all from different parts of like the African continent. So I guess growing up at home, we've all had different influences. So for me, obviously listening to a lot of Ugandan music, but also wanting to find out more about the continent. I guess for me growing up as well, Congolese music was a big sort of, Lingala music was very influential in my household. Like we used to play it all the time. Like all parties, you would hear Congolese music all the time. So I guess it works because of where we're from in different African countries that we're all going to have a vested interest. Mm-hmm. Do you get to like, and I guess it helps as well because I know that on your site you say that you're about like educating people and kind of expanding um, people's musical horizons, if you will. Mm. And the fact that you all kind of cover different parts of Africa as well, it must really make it interesting, like, definitely. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I guess for us, we're still discovering new new sounds and new scenes. Like, because even at the moment, what we have sort of delved into, particularly within South African countries, um, is Norm and Amapiano, which are two scenes that are amazing. But we'll, we'll get onto that obviously once the questions arrive. But um, I, I guess it's it's. I think the foundation is is predominantly. Uh, having a vested interest in all of these countries and actually wanting to to showcase what Africa is all about. So would you say that was partly your biggest inspiration as well, like wanting to showcase what Africa was about, but also um, having come from all of those different places as well, just wanting to educate people mm. and bring them... It's educate people, but also, also for me particularly, it was also to learn, I guess, because um, me... I know a lot about the Nigerian scene or the Ghanaian scene, so Afrobeats, Alte Cruz, that scene for sure. Um, but I used to, I would always look at the map and think, well, what about these countries? Like, why, 
why are we not hearing anything from these countries? They're not they're not dormant culturally, so there has to be another explanation as to why. Like why, for example, would you look at festival listings and only see in terms of Africa mostly the West African side, West Africa essentially. But I mean, this is not to say that that scene is is doing bits, but I guess for me it's more so like. There's, there's got to be more. There has to be more. Yeah. Um, and I think when I went to Kenya at that time with David and Brian, that's when I really, really learned. That's when I really learned there's there's so much more to Africa. I guess this is just because of what's marketed to us. And, and it just takes the, the maybe the collective of the group to really showcase what Africa is all about. So why did you start with South Africa, first of all? In terms of the tour? Yeah. South Africa because... So our first introduction to South African music would would be um, Raga Rag, Raga Rag, which is like a hip hop track. So it included um, big artists from SA. So this is Ricky Rick, Nadine Akai, Casper um, Noavest. So at the time, um, it wasn't very new to me because it was it was more or less hip hop that had, in my opinion, like a like an American twang. Um, but then as we started reacting to more SA hip hop videos, people started suggesting. But there's this other um, genres like. Uh, forgive me if I mispronounce this, but it's other genre called GOM, which is so it's pronounced G K, just so G Q O M. Um, so it's like a variant of um, Kwaito, techno and house. And so we listened to it for like one or two reactions, and we were like, "Whoa! Like, what is this? Like, because it was so different to what we heard before." Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, it sort of opened our eyes that there is an, a well-established scene within South Africa with very talented musicians, producers, artists doing bits. And this is a scene that, that a lot of South Africans listen to, essentially. So this was 2018, so there were songs like Gobo which were doing bits, um, that we should really enjoyed. Um, Amunye, which, like, we all went crazy for that tune, Amunye. So we were listening to that thinking, this, this scene, that there's something about this scene that's very intriguing, it's very different. There's nothing compared to anything that we've heard from Africa before, like, point blank period. And then, as we're going through 2018, yeah, we were like rats into gone. By then we had decided we wanted to go to SA about that point because of how unique the country was. So 2019 arrives now and um, we're looking through the comments and then people talking about, you need to listen to this new genre called I'm a Piano. And at that point I was like, but, you know, I'm still trying to, not trying to, but I'm still enjoying this genre called Gom. So yeah. like, I'm enjoying it. I'm thinking, that what could be better than this? Next thing that comes up is I'm a Piano. And we'll listen to, we'll like rats to a few songs and we're like, whoa. We were like, whoa, this genre, again, it's, 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 it's like a house variant, but it's a bit more ambient. So you get the likes of Shasha, for example, her song Tender Lover, Sing It Back, or, um, um, Cabs of the Small, um, this, it's more ambient, but then you get the more, I guess, street anthems, the pipe poppers, like with Pocalistic, with, um, K-Star featuring Vigor Deep, who's an amazing producer. Firstly, I have to get that in because he's amazing. So yeah, I think with, with, with South Africa for me, because, uh, we were able to see that there is an established scene there that is that is doing amazing that needs to be showcased and we we couldn't help but think that this is a country that we have to visit because of how amazing the scene was or how it looked to us in music videos so you had the choreography with the dance and the pouncing cat mm. we're just thinking no nah, this, this is a country that we have to visit and found we will be rewarded in in december 2019 that the time we had there I can't point to words. <laughs> amazing. That's like I say, it's amazing. So for those of you who don't know, um, your documentary is called Ubu on Tour. And mm-hmm. it's an eight-part documentary, which is it all now on YouTube? Is it all available? So parts one to four on YouTube. So mm-hmm. parts one would include episode one and two, Johannesburg, and then three and four, Cape Town. 
So you've got um, Durban to come up. That's the home of one, by the way, Durban. So Durban in itself is is an amazing place. Then we've got Sun City, which is more of a touristy sort of area. Then we've got Kenya coming up after that. Okay, so you haven't um, been to Kenya yet for the documentary? So we, so we, went, we went to Kenya last year, yeah, but we yeah. haven't released that part of the documentary. Oh, okay. But in truth, in, in, when we went to Kenya this last time, we weren't there for long enough. Um, but we still took quite a lot of good footage. We went to quite a few good clubs like um, Milan and Deja Vu. That place, Deja Vu. Amazing. So, yeah, so tell us about um, the documentary. Like, did you, like, mm. how did you find it? What happened when you got out there? Like, tell us a bit about it. Um, the documentary for us was to, for people to see how we would react to the scenes in South Africa and Kenya. So it was us sort of immersing ourselves in the culture because yeah. when you watch music videos, um, there's only so much you can take from it because you're, whilst you're watching them, you're still sort of so far removed from the whole scene. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we went there, you got to experience the parties, so Sunday Rose, for example. Um, you got to experience the clubs, um, so Satan in Cape Town, and that's one of the clubs that we went to. And he's really got to sort of, I guess, get get people to see us really enjoying and experiencing these scenes and these areas. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing because it, it would really, for us, it was sort of showing the rest of the world what Africa is all about, essentially. And um, I guess for us, documenting this scene is all about really more or less showing how vibrant these scenes are and how unique they are first and foremost um mm-hmm. so i think for a lot of people they don't really know what to expect from let's say south, south africa and kenya in terms of the music scene because it's not something you come across in your day to day and this is more yeah. so because of not because of the scenes are aren't good it's more so this is just it's not marketed to you so for us we really wanted to sort of demonstrate including the tourist areas but also the the music scene how unique and vibrant and how how different it is to anything you would come across typically. So as you said, like when you're watching a music video, like you're quite far removed from the actual like atmosphere and everything else. So Mm -hmm. then when you went there and you were immersed in it, when you came back to the UK, did it change the way that you kind of felt about the UK music scene? Like what impact did it have Mm. on you? Yes or no? I mean, I guess because I feel like with the UK music scene, it's always something that's forever evolving. So there was a time where um, road rap was quite popular then there was a time when Afrosim was very popular, and this that was very much influenced by um, Afrobeats, essentially. So that was, I guess, 2015 to 2018. It was Afrosim was quite popular then. Um, what we see now is drills sort of making. I guess drills top of what people like to consume at the moment. So yeah. just like me myself as well. But what I really learned was that I guess for me, coronavirus has had a bit a bit of an impact because I feel. If not for that, then I'm sure within the club scene we'll be hearing I'm a piano because there have been the numerous DJs who have been, even not so much DJs, I guess, um, artists who have been experimenting with the I'm a piano sound. So mm-hmm. you've got Jules, who is um, based in the UK. He produces Afrobeats, but he produced a song. Well, so he made a song with Basiswa, who's South African, called Soweto Blues, and that was very much I'm a piano. Um, Remark with Woman again, I'm a piano. So I guess it's more so... I think the UK the UK scene is always going to evolve all the time, mm-hmm. essentially. And I think if not for Corona, we'll definitely be hearing more Amapiano sounds within the UK. I think it's a matter of time. I don't think it's too late. I think it's once the clubs open up again, DJs will start experimenting with the sounds. So we've got, for example, our very own Sade, who produced a sick Amapiano mix, which is dope. Then you've got P. Montana, who who I saw tweeting quite a few times about Amapiano. So it's... um. This is a drama that people are finding out about. And even in Canada, there's an amazing scene with Gengatome. So it's not just South Africa that I've been doing, but it's the many countries that are have their own scenes, but 
for one reason or another, they're existing within pockets mm. when they should be existing more globally. So it's all about how you how these sounds are marketed, in my opinion. Yeah, I, was, I mean, you mentioned um, Shane. I was going to ask you if there are any other members of the collective who are actually musically talented themselves. Well, if, <laughs> if we're talking rapping, um, I, I don't know. Um, maybe if someone wants to surprise me, maybe, I don't know. But in terms of DJing, I'll definitely say Sade because I feel like she's an amazing DJ that she's been a representative for quite a, quite a long time. Um, she recently had a show on Radio 1, which was sick, like she'd be doing well. So I definitely think... In terms of musically, I'll definitely say um, Sade in terms of having that that nice to be able to produce amazing sounds and also to be able to sort of mix perfectly, which I think she can do very well. I've seen Brian as well mess around with decks here and there. We'll have to wait and see and see if he actually decides to pursue it full, um, full time. But I know for a fact, definitely Sade is one to watch in terms of um, musical talent for sure. Well, speaking of radio, you guys have your own radio show as well now, don't you? Yep, that's, so that's hosted by, um, Sade. Oh, this is on their signal, yeah. By Sade and, um, and Brian. So that channel essentially, well, that radio station is where we sort of showcasing again music from the African continent and the diaspora. Yeah. Um, so it's very much an extension of the channel. Um, but also we managed to have some am- amazing guests on that, um, platform. So we've had Amon Ray in Ghana, who's doing amazing things. We've had, um, who else have we had? Well, oh, it slips my mind. <laughs> But that's always the way when you put on the spot all of a sudden you just can't think of anything. Mm. So you guys have um, come quite a long way in quite a short space of time. Is there anything else on the horizon? Like how are you going to develop your production company more or any things that people can you know get excited about? Um, I think for now, first and foremost, it's a documentary. Mm. Um, because this is the first bit of content away from reaction videos that we're releasing. So yeah. For us, releasing it in increments throughout January and February. There are things in the pipeline. Because obviously, with lockdown, there's only we can't do reaction videos because we can't can't meet up. Um, so there are a few ideas that we're working on. But yeah, primarily for now, I would say it's a documentary um, because so that because obviously it's included in different parts of Africa. So within yeah, I'd say the documentary. I was going to say, um, how has lockdown impacted you guys? Because most of your reaction mm-hmm. videos, you're all together. Have you? joined the bandwagon and gone on to Zoom like everybody else? Have you tried? Um, I mean, Zoom interviews, yeah, but we've done a few, um, let's say um, last summer during the first lockdown, we did a few, um, I guess just to test the waters, we did a few um, reaction videos um, at home, so remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked to an extent, but because obviously as a collective, we um, we bounce off each other, so we banner each other, we make yeah. jokes, um we like to listen to each other's opinions. It necessarily wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms of content, we're, what we're working on is is how to sort of make content whilst we're all at home in, in our individual homes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're making quite um, a lot of progress on and we're quite happy with where we're going. And so what I would say is, is stay tuned for what's coming up. Yeah, because I've seen your videos and you guys really do like feed off each other's energy. Mm-hmm. And online, it doesn't matter what people say, you definitely lose some of that when... You put screens between people so you know yeah for um, sure i mean because obviously we've known each other for such a long time mm-hmm. we kind of know what i guess what they're going to say and if they say something that doesn't it's not what, quite right then we can sort of then jump on them and abandon them in a sense and that's just how the energy of the group works um yeah. but yeah no for sure yeah you're right 
So do you have any advice um, for other young people? Because, you know, friends get together and I, I know I've done mm. it. My friend, oh, we're going we're gonna to do this, we're going to do that. But then life gets in the way and it just never ends up happening. So do you have any advice for young people or groups who are, you know, trying to get their content out there and how to really make it work? Yeah, I mean, I guess because we're in lockdown, um, it's very difficult to produce content as a group. I mean, for, for what I've learned producing content, it's all about being authentic and being quite original. I think people quite like to see the raw elements of human experience in a sense where um, I guess if you're faking it, people would be able to know. Whereas if you're um, relatable, I think that's one of the main things is being relatable, then people are more likely to to catch, I guess, catch on to what you're like as a person. And I guess if they see um, themselves in you, then they're more likely to sort of tune in. Like, for example, with our group, because we're a group of different personalities, mm. someone may watch um, our reaction videos just to hear a reaction from David, for example, or Monique or Brian, just because of their personalities. Um, so I guess for me, as difficult as it is, it's about being yourself, um, being consistent as well, for sure, um, and sort of finding your niche. So I think in terms of advice, I mean, I know with things like equipment, it can be very difficult and expensive to get hold of. Um, so I do hope there's certain arts councils or people are able well, to find equipment. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's one thing. That's I, that's for sure one thing that stops people from making content, content is actually having the equipment. But I think ultimately it's about for me being authentic. I think maybe some might have a different opinion, but I think for me, yeah, authentic is 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 the key for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think people are looking for a lot of a lot more relatability, especially because they are spending so much time online. All that mm. stuff gets old really quickly. <laughs> Oh, for sure, for sure. Where can people find you and the group on, like, social media and stuff? So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, that's what I use, really. Instagram and Twitter. On, it says Ian Upalot, so first name Ian, surname O-P-O-L-O-T. Then with, our, with another channel, you can find us on YouTube. So even if it's based on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, they don't really use Snapchat at the moment anymore. So, so yeah, you can find us on there. Um, stay tuned for, obviously, check out our documentary, Parts episodes one to four are live at the moment and stay tuned for more episodes for sure. Okay, so do you want to read out? Yeah. Yeah, someone's like, who's, who's the funniest in the group? I guess it's down to opinion, to be honest. Um, some people say David, some people say Sade. For me, I say it's between those two. The funniest in the group is between David and Sade for sure. Because every, every time, um, we do reaction videos, you would, let's say, take 20 minutes to actually start recording just because we're laughing and making jokes. So yeah, I mean, I for sure, I'd say, Definitely those two. The movie music, yeah, for sure. We want to check out the movie music anywhere, anywhere within Africa, really. We sure we would want to um, um, check out those those scenes for sure. Somebody else said, "Where are you off to next?" Essentially, where's your next trip um, when you're allowed to fly again? <laughs> that's the thing when we're allowed to fly. I mean, we'd love to try West Africa for sure, East Africa as well. I mean, hopefully this year we can travel. That's that's our aim. That's for, for now. That's how much I'd reveal. We we're, we're trying to travel this year, mm-hmm. but where that's that's anyone's guess for now. But once the time comes and if it's, it's the options there, we will definitely travel. But for me, yeah, I think West Africa to obviously experience Ghana, Nigeria, um, because I know there's an amazing scene in particularly, particularly with Nigeria and the Alte Cruz scene mm-hmm. with Santia Dunsi, Shreden Camp as well. So yeah, I think that for sure West Africa. Oh, that's a good question. Um, do you have any moments where tensions rise and you're trying to make a decision as a group and how do you deal with situations like that? I think with any group, tensions are always going to rise because, I mean, especially, let's say, if you're away together and you're always in each other's space, 
naturally that that can happen. I think with any group. So I think ultimately when any argument or anything like that happens, naturally we will just talk it out as friends because we're all very close friends. So it's nothing that would last for long. So um, I think it's just very human to have disagreements and differences in opinions. But yeah, I think what we what we what we're good as a group definitely is being able to discuss and sort of find a middle ground, solve it, and quickly quickly move on. <laughs> Um, so just, I think, to finish up, some, um, do you want to pick one more question? What happened at the Kenya airport? Oh, I think, I'm not sure if you're referring to, I think you might be referring to the time when we landed. And um, So essentially when we landed, um, we, were, we were getting taxed for the goods that we'll, sort of the, the luggage we'll bring in. Yeah, it's quite right. strange. Yeah, I think I'm not sure if what that's what um, Abdi is referring to. Let me know. Um, but that was a very, very strange experience for sure. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> mm, I know, but I think in certain countries it, it does happen. All right. Um, also, in terms of um, so Shadi's mix, you can find it on the Ibrahimi Space of SoundCloud, um, as far as I'm aware, and also you can find it on her um, Instagram page and. Twitter page as well. Um, somebody else said earlier on that they don't have a question, they just want to say that they loved the docuseries and I think that's a really uh, nice note to end it on. Yeah, not for sure. Um, yeah, I'm really glad that people are actually enjoying it um, and actually sort of seeing what we're trying to um, do and really what we're trying to showcase in terms of yeah. these countries. So it's definitely a series that is very much in the beginning and um, we definitely want to do the same in different countries as well going forward. Yeah, you guys have definitely um, filled a much needed like space in mm. the world of content. So keep it up. It's great. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for joining us. It's been great talking to you. All right. And thank you for having me. No problem at all. Today's episode was made possible by Voice Magazine, an online platform for young people interested in art and culture. You can read Voice over at voicemag.uk and find it on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as voicemag.uk. The Voice contributors are also on Instagram over at voice.extra. If you are looking for another podcast to listen to, the contributors release the Voice Extra podcast every Saturday where they talk about the pieces they've produced and the culture they've been enjoying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider helping us to make more for a donation of any amount at voicemag.uk slash donate. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of the track, Thief in the Night. You can find more of his work on incomputech.com. L. Farrell Kingsley was a sound engineer and producer, and Tom Innes was the executive producer. <laughs>